0: Live from the University of Victoria, this is Tux FM. Hi, um, I'm Christy Kruger from the Center for Sexualities, Age and Gender. Um, and I have with me Pierre Brouard. Hi, Pierre. Hi, Christy. <laughs> Pierre is the deputy director at our center. And you've been with us, um, with this university for quite some time
1: 20 well, years. 20, 20 years. About, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and I guess I've seen a lot of things change. On campus, um, and so forth. Um, and, but you were just saying that you are feeling anxious, and I think that it's a f- feeling that everyone is feeling across the country, I guess, at the moment. But perhaps for us at the centre, um, perhaps manifests in a very particular, particular way. Um, working with gender and sexualities and its intersections on a on a daily basis
1: yeah um you know you well you said i'm i'd said i'm feeling anxious, and I suppose the for me the it feels like the last few weeks um have been um a time of heightened feelings of all kinds in South Africa, you know anxiety on my part, but anger, frustration hurt outrage panic um You know, and women particularly um, saying that they feel unsafe, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think what I'm sort of reflecting on is how do we how do we seize this moment to do something really important and productive with it, um, um, and because I do think we run the risk of sort of throwing everything at gender-based violence. in ways that don't actually have the outcome that we want. So I know it sounds a bit paradoxical but I'm almost like saying let's can we step back in the middle of a storm and say yes. what is the right thing to do at the moment?
0: Yeah. Well, I was thinking kind of I think in similarly that it's a it's an interesting moment for us, you know, as a kind of center and a community who who work in this space to kind of stop because what we do regardless mm-hmm. of of what the rest of the country acknowledge and feels on a daily basis is to work with students to try and, I guess, educate, but also listen and, you know, have student volunteers who are citizens who can, who are able to understand, I guess, the complexities around issues of gender, of sexuality, of violence, of systemic violence, of HIV, you know, the, the things that we kind mm-hmm. of work with on a daily basis and I was saying to someone last week it's a it's a strange feeling where all when like all of a sudden all the things that you've kind of been preaching and that's your like day-to-day life all of a sudden everyone else is like why is nobody saying anything about this you know kind yeah. of.
1: and we've been talking about it for 20 years in a sense trying to I guess um Kind of understand, you know, understand gender, understand uh, gender relations, gender as a system, and how we can deal with something that is so entrenched. Mm -hmm. You know, we are a violent society. We come from a violent history. We have violence on a daily basis towards women and men. You know, I was at a conference last week where Lisa Vettin, who's a, a veteran Researcher, writer, thinker, activist in the GBV space is saying, you know, if we take se- sexual violence out of the equation, most victims of violence in South Africa are men. You know, and that's something we've kind of just sort of let slip, in some way. Yeah. Um, it's not not to take away from the urgency of the current moment, but I just think it's good to say and reflect on why why are we this kind of society, why have we come to this point, and and I, I think. One of the challenges we have as a centre is finding that balance between theory and practice. Um, there was a famous book in in AIDS work from I think either the early 80s is was how to have theory in an epi- epidemic, mm. you know, and it's almost it sort of challenges us because on the one hand, you know, activists or people on the ground would say. Theory schmiery, you know, like it's an it's it's indulgence, it's a luxury to start thinking about theory when people are hurt and harmed and killed on a daily basis. But I, at the same time, I've, I've always felt like you have to try and understand what's going on, you know, t- and to g- look at long term solutions. So mm. find that balance between short term urgency and responsiveness and, and a kind of long term strategy because gender based violence is global not going anywhere anytime soon. You know, so we have to say what can we what are short term gains, but how can we also hold the idea that there is medium and long term strategic work that has to be done at multiple levels. I think that's the sort of tension we, we're grappling with at the moment.
0: Yeah. And I think also for for me one of the questions is kind of how to I guess keep this engagement while not completely given into, um, I guess we, we all have heightened emotions in this time, but how to kind of stay sober, as it were, and kind of, you know, try and see what long term strategies could be um, while keeping this momentum. Because of course, one of the it's quite depressing things, if you work in this sector is that that we sporadically see this, right? This is not the first time that there's been an outcry around gender based violence, and um people have been pushing for years to get um parliament for example to to do something to get the state to give more resources, et cetera so yeah, for me, I guess it's a question of of how to keep students especially engaged to um, in this moment where everyone is kind of thinking um to an extent i think. What can I do? Like, where mm. do I fit in? How can I do something? Can I do something at all?
1: And, and you know, the, the 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 challenge, I suppose, around the, say the theme of safety. I mean, one of the, am I next? Are we safe? Kind of ideas is that, is that we. So so much of this is also about perception, so that you you can you can have actual acts of harm happening but but the perception is that everybody is a potential victim at every time, all the time and I think that isn't necessarily the case um, but to say that I suppose can make you sound like you're trying to yeah. downplay the seriousness but we also have to f- find ways to I suppose manage fear and anxiety because if you do feel unsafe um, you know you you your whole world is pre- yeah. feels precarious, you know, and, and that can lead to feelings of panic and anxiety, um, stress, which, which are very hard to manage. So we have to also find a way yeah. to to help people feel like there are things that I can do that, to make me feel a little bit safer. Yeah. And that we all have a role to play in that.
0: Yeah. I said to someone last week, I think, that I wish I could just kind of bring everyone together and tell them quite sternly: smart goals is what we need, <laughs> which sounds now like
1: project like management a speak. terrible,
0: yeah, um, but I think it's important, as you say, and it's such a complicated and nuanced thought to say, like, we are not all equally at risk, but at the end of the day, it's true, because as, for, uh, so for example, as a woman, clearly my my risk of being sexually assaulted is probably higher than yours as a man. But at the same time, I'm a white woman who lives comfortably in suburbia. I have a car, so I don't have to use public transport. I don't have to share living spaces with people I don't know. Um, And all these things, you know, um, contribute. At the same time, though, it's hard to not feel scared and anxious and just pick up on the general, I, I think, mood of the of the country yeah and I, I think
1: what what you're saying is very important, which is you sort of taking an intersectional view of risk, mm. you know that not everybody is equally at risk at risk all the time, but I think what was troubling and maybe triggering about the Uinene case is that she she was targeted by a predator in a time in a space which is was ordinarily wasn't risky yeah, you know he 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 trapped her to come back to that post office, and he had a plan to harm her. Um, you know, and he was someone that ordinarily we would trust. We would not see someone like him as a predator. And I think maybe that's something... I mean, this is the first time really articulating this idea, is mm-hmm. that what is so triggering about her, her horrible experience and death and, and the tragicness of it all is that is that it was really... A, 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 a completely random, calculated act of malice mm. and predation in a situation which ordinarily wasn't unsafe. You know, you trust someone, You, it's a public building. You know, you, you think there's no way, would never have entered her mind that he was someone who would do that to her. And I, I, I <laughs> wonder if that's yeah. partly why we've been so triggered as a I country.
0: Think it is. I think partly, yeah, because I I think a lot of the um, expressions on social media, for example, was that, you know, can we now not go to the post office? Can't you go to the pharmacy? Can't you go to the bank? Um, At the same time, though, I think also on social media, which could be misleading. I mean, social media is tricky. But you've seen these threads of women saying, well, this is exactly why I carry a knife with me regardless of whether this ought to be a safe space or not like seeing you know people saying they drive with a screwdriver on their lap um the kind of extreme spray. yeah the kind of extremes to which women go i mean i myself i think uh, is i sometimes might be a little too blasé mm-hmm. but i found myself yesterday scrolling and there was this ad for a taser on Facebook, I think, and I thought, oh, yeah, maybe actually, not a bad idea. I, yeah, maybe it's not the worst five hundred rand I could spend getting something. My life, my tax FM.
1: I don't know if I've articulated this before, but in the sexual harassment or anti-sexual harassment workshops I've been running with colleagues here on campus across a range of spaces, is how relentless the stories are from women of being targeted by men for a range of behaviours from cat calling to whistling to asking for their name or their phone number um, and how many women, you know, experience feel, just feel unsafe and and or anxious in their daily lives mm. and I think you know, that to live with that sort of constant feeling of anxiety on a daily basis is really not okay. Yeah, um, um, We sort of, it just becomes normal. And I think that's the problem, is that I yeah. think what these current events are saying is that we can't, it can't yeah. be business as usual around this stuff.
0: Yeah. I was about to say the same. I think one of the big issues is that we've become so blasé about this, um, where to the extent, you know, if someone kind of harasses you, a little bit at the bus stop saying, you know, what's your name? Give me a number. That doesn't even really register a sexual harassment anymore. I was talking to someone the other day who said, yeah, I now um, carry pepper spray with me because I cycle to work and then once a random man just hit me over the head and I thought, oh, I better get pepper spray, but didn't tell that story as like, oh my God, look what, you know, you would never guess what happened to me. She was kind of just like, you know, I wasn't harmed, so... It was okay-ish in the end. And I think that's, you know, problematic. And then of course on university spaces I think what what heightens the the, uh, both anger but also anxiety and fear is the fact that we just have a lot of young people squashed into small spaces. So on the one hand you have, for example, Perhaps in female residences, you have um, a hundred women who all have some or other experience, and you know become quite close and can share that, which heightens the idea that we are at risk. You also have um, this is the time where people kind of date, enter relationships, go out, you know, um, maybe start experimenting with alcohol and drugs for the first time. And so I think whenever and wherever um fifty thousand young people are <laughs> are together in a kind of space, that just um is bound to to a raise anxiety and fear but also um lead to So it's a kind of like a
1: a pressure cooker kind yeah. of thing, is that There's a not only do we have young people brought together in en masse, but we have um, the sort of these, this fear and anxiety and anger in that space mm. as well um, and you know I think the, the theme of what we're talking about this morning a little bit of it, one of the themes is, is 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 about perception, you know so I'm thinking about the recent xenophobic or sometimes called afrophobic attacks is that I've got friends, a, f- a friend from Nigeria who's a student here at UP who was flying back to South Africa recently, and he said to me, "Can you organise for me um, a non-South African driver to come fetch me at the airport?" Because he, I said to him, "Are you afraid if you get picked up by a South African taxi or Uber driver?" He said, "Yes." He said, "I don't know if that person will attack me." Um, you know, on the one hand, I thought you're being absurd, but on the other hand, I thought, well. Is it so absurd? And, and yes, earlier this week, I was at a course um, with, which brought human rights activists from around the continent together. And they were saying, we don't feel safe in Pretoria. They're sitting inside the university. And another person said, um, I'm, I'm in a center which has a lot of foreign students. He said, I, I worried somebody will come in with a knife mm-hmm. and attack us. And I said, you, again, I said, are you mad? But I thought, That's n- I'm not him i 'm not the foreign yeah. person, well, uh, and so you know I, I do think we have to acknowledge the, the fear and anxiety is a lot mm-hmm. of it is is, is, is is just heightened at the moment yeah.
0: well I guess and there's also a sense of irony in that, right? this idea of the known versus the unknown, because of course, what we most f- fear often is what we don't know. i don 't know what will happen. I these are not my people I know who I understand, but then if you look at statistics around gender-based violence, it's most often the people who you do know who are the perpetrators. It's it's True. boyfriends, it's husbands, uncles, fathers, brothers, which is, I think, perhaps another reason why it's so um, acute at at university and tertiary level, because this is also the time where people might be entering relationships for the first time they're learning to negotiate like um, what is this thing what am I comfortable with what am I not comfortable with it might be people having sex for the first time living together um, and all these things I guess which is not to say that there aren't just horrible people out there who just are violent but I think also um, For me, one of the interesting things around South Africa and its high rates of gender-based violence and sexual violence is the fact that most men I know are nice. They're kind. They do things that is normal, you know, go for drinks, watch sports. And yet, statistically, some of these men are perpetrators. And that's the interesting thing, to me at least, is that these, of course they are, I guess, just... Psychopaths, psychopaths who are just, you know, they're out to harm and to cause and to torture. But a large majority of South African men who are perpetrators I, I think don't see themselves A as perpetrators. And B have a kind of I don't know it's like split personality where they can go from being the perpetrator one moment to being a perfectly normal member of society the next you know who will take their children to school go to church hold a job
1: yeah you know it it makes me think of um, a a thesis I found online just a couple of days ago Uh, it was looking at um, gender-based violence in university students I think it was UCT and it found that the students that were interviewed uh, on on the one level articulated quite, you know, progressive ideas about gender violence and s- said it's wrong and it's it's not acceptable. But d- at the same time, they also had ideas about um, sort of violence a- a as being a sort of form of a patriarchal entitlement. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, there were male and female students who were saying that. So that at another level, they were saying, no, but we sort of, also understand that sometimes it's okay for a guy to be a bit aggressive or overassertive or maybe occasionally hit or beat up his partner. So they were uh, they were operating on multiple mm. levels of ideas so that and, and those ideas were circulating in young men and young women. You know, so mm. that so that it sort of feeds into the idea that that we sometimes hold quite ambivalent and mixed yeah. ideas about gender gender relations. And yeah. We know it's wrong, but at the same time, we might have observed it in our family or seen our father being, um, you know, a little bit violent occasionally and the marriage carried on and becomes normalized. So we are all part of that too.
0: I think, and people's perspective around this differs, but but personally, I strongly hold the view that all forms of, violent, of violence are linked, right? Like it's not... Disconnected, And so for me, I think um, it's almost obvious that in a country with so much violence in general, there would be a lot of gender-based violence. Um, I was reading a, a couple of days ago um, an essay by a South African philosopher, which is interesting because he wrote it in the seventies and it was around rape on South African campuses, university campuses. And um, in this essay he looks at he looks at the word rape and its kind of um, roots which in the original Latin apparently just means to to grab or to take. And then he he sort of argues that in a country um, which history is so steeped in the idea of just taking what you want um it's no wonder that we we struggle with sexual violence because what happens is that not always but mostly women are have less power in society and so become kind of the easy um, target. victim, target yeah. yeah target's the best mm. word target of violence um related to to violence and yeah but so so for me personally, I think um, we we can't only look at addressing gender based violence that will never never work. we need to look at the systemic at the structural violence you know things like yeah. the economy and politics and yeah. things like so that I, th- I
1: think what we're saying in the end <laughs> without mansplaining is yeah. is that we we do need to be able to simultaneously think and act in the moment, but also step back and say that that actually violence in general is a problem of our country, and we're not going to fix this overnight.
0: Tax FM. It's about being young. It's about
1: now.